the music he was playing in the pub was like YouTube music, right? So I said to Paul, I said, Paul, get that music off. The edge doesn't want to be listening to his own music. And then they see you, and then they start singing uh, Snooker Loopy or something like that. <laughs> so you know what? I cracked up laughing. <laughs> and he switched off the red button. He goes, you Hello and welcome to the World Snooker Tours podcast, Table Talk. I'm Kieran Paul and I will be joined by players and referees to have a chat and learn more about them. Now you may have noticed that we are no longer called World Snooker and we are now the WST, the World Snooker Tour. To hear more about the exciting changes to the sport, listen to the previous episode where I sat down with Barry Hearn. Today I chat with the legend Ken Doherty here at Ali Pali for the Masters, so welcome Ken. Thank you. Uh, now I've got to admit something to you. As a child, I used to call you Ken Doherty because I couldn't pronounce Doherty. <laughs> Have you ever had... No, actually, uh, Ken Doherty. Doherty, not Doherty. Yeah. Actually, is the so Doherty is the... Uh, yeah, but I would be saying dog. Oh, like, Doherty. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a bit different now. Mm. You know, uh, dog, no. I, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> I prefer Doherty. Uh, but really, if you're sort of Irish... And, well, some some referees have struggled with it over the years, you know? I think the best one initially was John Williams, the great John Williams, all those years ago when I first uh, turned pro. Len Ganley could say it, of course, because he was from Northern Ireland. Uh, but sometimes he used to say Ken Doherty, you know, Doherty, Doherty. But uh, if you're from Ireland, when you say, it's it's a lot easier to say Doherty, Doherty, Doherty. Now, I am uh, a big U2 fan. And okay. a little birdie time with you know the edge. I, I'm a big U2 fan myself. I love, gr- I grew up listening to U2. Uh, and I've been to see them in concert about 10 times, I would say. Um, but the funny thing was, I was at one of the concerts. It was 1997. It was the year as world champion. I was invited to the after party. And uh, Norman Hewson, uh, I was standing at the bar buying a drink. And he, I know Norman Hewson. I'd met him a few times. Who's Paul Hewson's brother. Paul Hewson is Bono, of course, uh, for those of you who didn't know. Who doesn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm standing at the bar. And uh, it was Norman standing beside me, and uh, we're getting a drink and we're chatting away. Great concert, Norman. Yeah, fantastic. He says, Have you ever met my brother? And I said, No, no. I said, I'd love to meet him, you know. And there's about 200 people in this uh, party, after show party. Naomi Campbell is there, Christy Torlington, uh, Michael Stipe, uh, Roger Taylor. And there's like so many, and there's so many Irish like celebrities there. So I was so excited. Like, I was like a, a little child. Like, you know, I mean, winning the World Championship was fantastic, you know, and going to Old Trafford was great. And, you know what I mean? But to meet Bono now was just like, that was just another, like, little, little uh, feather in the cap, you know? So anyway, he brings me over. And I'm pretty nervous, you know? I was like going over, and Bono was there. And he introduced me as this is Ken. He's a big U2 fan. He's just won the World Snooker Championship this year and Bono was talking to Michael Stipe at the time you know of and, Ro- and Roger Taylor as well so we're like the, and they're all listening like and and uh, Bono says oh this is congratulations man you know I said thanks Bono it's a great concert a big fan for years you know and uh, he goes I have a snooker table at home you know he says but I only like playing with the colours you know <laughs> I said oh well okay <laughs> whatever you're into you know and he's talking like this and as he's talking and asking me about snooker right I get a tap on the shoulder so I turn around and I said, I don't want anybody to disturb me. I'm talking to Bono here, you know what I mean? So I turn around and who is it? Only the edge. And I go, oh, jeez. I said to myself, oh, jeez. So he goes, uh, Ken. And I says, yeah. I said, edge. 
He goes, uh, you wouldn't do me a favour, would you? I said, uh, of course I'd do you a favour. You're the edge, you know what I mean? What do you want me to do? Uh, you wouldn't come over and say hello to me mother, would you? <laughs> That's what he wanted me to do. So I said, what, you're going to drag me away from Bono, Michael Stoip, Roger Taylor, just go over and say hello to your mother. Okay, well, you're the edge. I suppose I better, you know? So he brought me over to his mother and introduced their big sneaker fans and and uh, that was it. And I met, I'd met Bono, I'd met the edge, uh, went to the concert and... Uh, not long after that, a few years after that, my my friend owns a pub in Dublin called Shane's Pub, and he's his name Shane. No, it's Paul Shane. Paul Shane. Paul Shane. Oh, okay. All right. Paul okay. Shane. Yeah, and he owns a pub uh, just beside the Westbury, uh, uh, just off Grafton Street in Dublin. And this is a few years after that, and he's doing the lockup, so he's pulled the shutters down, he's doing the cash, and he pours us all a, a point of Guinness each. There's about five of us, point of Guinness each, you know. And so this we, is one of the most Irish things. That yeah, this is one happening. of most, yeah. He's, sh- doing the, he's, doing the, he's doing the till, he's collecting his money, and we're all going down to a nightclub. So he's trying to get the till done really quickly, puts on the music, a, a point each, you know what I mean? And after a point, and he does all the money, we're on the way out. My friend says, I've gone across the pizza uh, restaurant across the road, get a couple of slices of pizza. I said, I'll bring the pizza in. I said, we'll have a point and a pizza, a bit of pizza, and then we'll go to the night. I said, okay, fair enough. So I pulled up the shutters. He went out. He comes back with the pizza slices. He goes, you never guess who's in the pizza place. I said, who? I s- he says, the edge. I says, well, why didn't you invite him in? I said, I should have. I didn't I didn't want to go over his door. So anyway, we waited for him to come out. We we're looking at him through the window. So he's come out with his two mates, and he's walking by the pub on the other side of the road. I pull up the shutters, and I go, edge, edge, come on. I says, we have a lock in here, you know. And he goes, ah, I'm okay, man. Maybe next time. I said, okay, no problem. Pull the shutters down. Go back to the point. About 10 seconds later, there's a bang on the door. You know, pulled up the shutters. There he is. It's too bass, the edge, right? So actually, Paul, the music he was playing in the pub was like YouTube music, right? So I said to Paul, I said, Paul, get that music off. The edge doesn't want to be listening to his own music. Put something else on, you know? So he puts on Frank Sinatra, right? So we're listening to Frank, the golden hits of Frank Sinatra. We're drinking points, the edge and all. He's asked me about snooker, right? And we're forwarding like questions about you two. Where's the best place you played? How did you come up with this song? How did you come up with this tune? Who, who's the biggest bands that you've played with? Or who's the best guys that you get along with? You know, all that stuff. And he's asked me about Alex Higgins and Jimmy White, you know, Ronnie O'Sullivan and Stephen Hendry and all the rest. And uh, at the end of the night, we're, we're, we're there now. We forgot about the nightclub, right? Because we're there till about four o'clock in the morning. And we're still drinking. And we're all dancing to New York, New York, you know, kicking our legs. like, And the edge included. And uh, it was a fantastic, like, sort of impromptu sort of party. And um, one that I'll, I'll never forget, you know. And we all had a great time, said good, said good boys. And I haven't actually seen him since then, you know. But I was walking through Dublin about two weeks later. And who did I bump into? Only Bono and his wife. And the first thing he said to me was, he says, the edge told me about your party last week in Shane's pub. He says, I'm sorry I missed that gig, man. I said, yeah, we're sorry too. So there you go. So that's my U2 story with Bono and the edge. And do you call him the edge or do you call him call, No, everybody calls Eddie him call edge. Edge, right. yeah. So no just call him everyone. edge. Not the edge. No, you don't call him the edge. Right. Just call him edge. Right, you know okay. I mean? That's what I was told. So that's yeah. what... But uh, what a... Um, you know, down so down to earth, just wonderful. That was wonderful nights. You know. What and I mean? have you ever seen the edge with with sorry edge? Have you ever seen edge without the hat? On? No, never, never. No, no it doesn't happen. He's born with the hat. On. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there's Bono. There's the edge. What about Jackie Chan? 
I've heard you. Oh, Shanghai, Jackie Chan. Yeah, you yeah, and Jackie yeah, yeah. Chan. Was it you, Jackie Chan, and Bono going to a pub? Well, that would have been a great. Chan. That would have been a great party. All right. I mean, if I, if you if you ever had a dinner party, you I'd definitely have Jackie Chan at it. There's no. Yeah, but if you're drunk it. and you're trying to do like moves, Jackie Chan moves, that's not good, is it? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I certainly wouldn't do Jackie Chan moves uh, sober. I'd probably actually be better drunk mm. than I would be sober. But, uh, but how did yeah? You, yeah how Jackie did you Chan was him? a. Oh, Jackie Chan was another great story. I mean. Is a guy like you know you, you've seen on movies and stuff. I, I love Bruce Lee. You know, again, you you grow up in like the seventies and eighties, and you know we grew up watching Bruce Lee movies. And then, of course, when Jackie Chan came along, uh, you know, like the the Rush Hour movies were just fantastic. Uh, and uh, I was in Hong Kong. I was on the way to China. I was staying overnight in Hong Kong. My friend who has a snooker club there called Frankie Chan uh, used to be on the pro tour and we used to sort of room together and we were doubles partners for, on the snooker tour as well and we're practice partners and he has a snooker club and I always go to it in Hong Kong when I'm there and as I was coming into into his snooker club he says uh, Jackie Chan he says in town he said would you like to meet him I says are you joking me of course I'd like to meet him he wouldn't like to meet like Hollywood legend like Jackie Chan you know he says okay he has he has big dinner tonight uh, big charity dinner I said will you come I says, yeah, yeah, I've got my suit and everything. You know what I mean? I'll come along. So I got my suit on. Brought me to this intercontinental hotel. There was a big red carpet. Like, there was paparazzi everywhere. Because, like, all the... It was like the Oscars for, like, uh, the Hong Kong and Chinese sort of actors and actresses. But particularly Hong Kong. They have this big charity night that Jackie Chan organizes. And this was it, you know? And uh, we were going... Frankie, Ricky, and, uh, and myself going to uh, to visit Jackie Chan and be his invited guest to the party. And uh, so I walk up the stairs and into this room, and I see Jackie Chan at the at the back of the room, you know, and he gets up off his seat and he's gesturing to us, come, 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 like this, you know. And I'm looking around and I said, yeah, he's pointing at me. Ken, I think someone's Ken, behind you. Yeah, he says, Ken, Ken. I think somebody's behind me. I'm looking behind me. He says, is he talking to me? He says, Ken, 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 come, 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 like this. Way. So I walked over. So we're getting a picture. We're talking away, you know, and we're having a chat. Then he says, come on in. We're sit- we sit down at his table, like in the whole banquet, like there's about a thousand people. And I'm sitting next to him at his table, like, you know, and like everything has happened so fast, you know. So then he... Uh, he gets up and does the speeches, there's music, there's dinner and everything. There's like champagne, there's wine, everything. So then he says to me, he says, okay, we go now. I says, go on, where are we going? I says, uh, he said to me, uh, karaoke. I says, we're going karaoke? He says, yeah, karaoke. So anyway, there's five of us left into a, like a blacked out van. We've left the party. We've gone to this karaoke place like you wouldn't even know it was there. You know, up into a lift, into the karaoke. He has this big room. Out comes his Jackie Chan cigars. Out comes his Jackie Chan whiskey. And uh, next of all, uh, he's singing, right? <laughs> he's singing. And then, I, then he says to me, right, Ken, your turn. You have to sing. I said, well, I'm with Jackie Chan. I said, I'm not going to stay quiet. I have to honor him. So I got up and started singing. Uh, and we have a great night, you know. And then uh, we're in there for about two hours singing our heads off. I'm smoking Jackie Chan cigars. I don't smoke, but I said, I'm not, uh, not going to be real. I said, this is once in a lifetime. So I'm smoking away. I'm drinking his whiskey and I'm singing his songs and everything with him. And it's having a great crack. And then he says to me, okay, he says, we go now. I said, I'm looking at me. Watch this. It's four o'clock in the morning. I says, where are we going? Go play snooker. So I says, what? Well, that's the only way he's going to beat you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It was a whole ploy. And he says, well, I says, four o'clock in the morning. He says, yeah, we go snooker. Frankie, open up club. He says, okay. <laughs> so we, we get into the car. We get out to the snooker club. Frankie opens up, we're into the snooker room. 
he wanted it. I got him to do a few trick shots, you know, and he was trying and trying and trying to get the trick shot right. He got one of the trick shot right, and he was like, "It's where he won the lottery," you know. And he was jumping up and down, but uh, he gets the he gets the trick shot right. He's over the moon. We have a game of snooker, uh, a game of doubles. Um, I'm I'm partnering Jackie, and we win the frame. He pots the black to win the frame, so he's over the moon. He's happy, and and that was the end of the night. We said our goodbyes, and he says, "Anytime you in Beijing, he lives in Beijing now. Anytime you in Beijing, he says." Uh, you in Beijing. And I said, Jackie, I said, if you do a Russia R4, I said, don't forget me. He says, oh, yeah. No problem. You in Russia R4 with me. <laughs> I think, what, what was your character be? What, what sort of attributes? <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably, he'd probably do a roundhouse kick on me and I, I'd be only there for about 10 seconds. Oh, so you'd be against him. You wouldn't be on his oh, side. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, you've got some lovely socks on today because at the, what, was it the UK champs you wore your snooker socks? Yeah, yeah. You clearly a man who loves colourful socks. What are these ones you've got on at the moment? So these ones are like, uh, they're pink and blue. Yeah, I, t- I tell you, I've only been sort of, um, my mother used to get me socks all the time for Christmas, right? So she started getting me a few different uh, colours and that. So I started wearing these coloured socks. And uh, I used to always wear plain black or plain navy blue, like, you know what I mean? Or white socks with trainers sometimes, which would today now wouldn't be too cool, like you know. But uh, so I started wearing these coloured socks, and uh, I sort of enjoy it now. I think the the more colour, the better. Well, do you, when you do the telly, do you make sure people can see them? Do you make sure you're? I don't make sure. No, I don't make. You should sure people, be. I don't make sure, but I do pay. Pi- I do off. pay pictures of them, and I I do tweet them or I do put post them on Instagram. But it's just a bit of fun. Listen, and I, I get lots and lots of stick about them. Believe you me. Just be uh, yourself. Just be, yourself. just be yourself exactly yeah. and do i care no and the more stick i get i actually love it even more so i'm going to continue wearing colorful socks as much as possible and um, the louder the better well something that you recently tweeted well i'm going to come on to because jackie chan could watch this and maybe get you in one of his films the scratch card advert oh that yeah you did so <laughs> you so you run down the street pretending to, to do your cue action yeah, yeah 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 now um so Dear listener, please imagine that Kendo actually running down like an alleyway, doing his his cue action. How many takes did that take? Because, <laughs> yeah, running doing snookers. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Now it's not easy. It was really a sort of a, a spoof sort of thing, you know, with, with snooker related and things that you would do at home. You know, wearing the bathrobe and like making sure like the salt and pepper are lined up, like almost like down the line of the spots, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, stretching over the the breakfast counter, like you'd stretch over a table, you know, with one leg on the floor and stuff like that. It was quite funny actually, and it was quite nice to do. And it was about two days filming for the National Lottery back in uh, back in Ireland. And uh, I had a blast doing it, I must say. And actually, the director of that ad... Uh, when, when was it? So this was it must have been about... I think it was after the World Championship in 2003. So it was probably around the summer of 2003. So it's a good 17 years ago now coming up to... But the, the actual the director of that ad went on to win an Oscar, believe it or not. Uh, in Los Angeles, he was a lovely, lovely guy, an Irish guy. He still lives in in Dublin. Uh, well, did, were you referencing the speech when he won the Oscar? <laughs> no, no. This he'd won the Oscar a good few years after, but uh, he still won it. Yeah, yeah. Must have inspired him. Right, we're gonna have a quick break, and, we'll, and while we have a break, I think Ken's gonna teach me some some kung fu moves and a bit of acting. And then we'll have, <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll have some tweets you sent in and the quick fire round. Hi, I'm Rob Walker, and you're listening to the World Snooker Tours Table Talk Podcast. 
right, we're back. Uh, we're both. We I pinned Ken down on the floor. Uh, it was quite easy. Really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all he had on, all he had left on, with his socks. But we're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to crack on now. Now we've got the quick fire round coming up, but we just uh, we're just going to talk about some tweets because we tweeted earlier asking for questions for Ken, mm. and we're going to um, ask him them. But before that, uh, we're going to talk about the hashtag Snooker Table Talk. So basically, we want you. Uh, to get in touch and tweet using the hashtag snooker table talk, the strangest place you've seen a snooker player. So Simon Freeman has done exactly that. So he tweeted saying he listened to this week's snooker table talk and wanted to share the moment where I met John Parrott in the Red Squirrel Sanctuary up in Formby in Merseyside. One of my sisters refused to believe it was him, but then they wanted to tell him that my mum actually always supported Ali McCoist. <laughs> on question sport and then yeah when watching question sport and he basically says he had, they had to stop them telling John Parrott that his mum loved Annie McCoy so okay John okay yeah. where's the most bizarre place that I've been recognised oh my goodness well I mean the worst place I think you, you can be recognised is in a, a men's bathroom in a pub or you know in a restaurant or something like that and the place is crowded I think I think now I've had nightmare nightmare people like you know, football matches and stuff like that. I dread going to the bathroom sometimes. Unless there's a cubicle, maybe a door might be open, you can close it behind you, you know what I mean? But then, of course, you go to football matches and there's queues and queues for cubicles. Uh, but the worst place you can be, I think, recognised is that a football match in the in the toilet there's no there's none because like there's crowds and they're singing and and then they see you and then they start singing uh snooker loopy or something like that you know and that's what's happened at manchester united matches in in uh at old trafford you know when they go oh snooker loopy nuts are we so uh i think that's the that's the worst place you can be recognized for a snooker player yeah and uh, as a United fan, are you Oli in, Oli out? What's the? What's oh, Oli in, yeah, yeah. I like, I do like him, and uh, he needs a bit of time, you know. But it's not Oli uh, out. I would say it's it's some of the other players that would should should be out and get some new blood in, and then give him a crack at the whip, and then see how he goes from there. Okay, so uh, some of the tweets we've had in. So Tracy Cook wants to know. What was Alex Higgins like? What was oh, he really like to someone who really knew him? Alex Higgins was like a Jekyll and Hyde figure, you know. And but you know, to me, he he was uh, he was. I always found a good side too, you know. So the very first time I met him, I was like, uh, I got a job at the Irish Snooker Masters. I was an usher. I was fourteen years of age, and it was a chance. The tournament director who knew me, I was up and coming sort of snooker player in Ireland, and it was a chance for me to not only see the snooker up close but also to get meet some of the players up close and to meet the likes of Ray Reardon and you know Willie's Horn was there Dennis Taylor Alex Higgins of course as well and uh, the first time I met Alex Higgins he said to me hey kid he goes uh, when I'm at the table you get me a drink uh, I'll give you a, sh- a shake I said yeah Alex what would you like you know and I was, I'm looking up at him he's my hero I'll do whatever he wanted for me to you know get him whatever he want he says uh, well if I ask you for an orange juice you know, and he used to talk like this, uh, get me a vodka and orange juice, you know. I says, what, while you're playing, Ali? He says, yes, kid. And by the way, if I ask you for a vodka and orange juice, get me a double. <laughs> <laughs> and this was when he was playing. But he was one of those players that had actually could play better with a few drinks on him. You know what I mean? And uh, when he was sober, he was twitching even more. But when he had a few drinks, he sort of it calmed the twitch a little bit and the nervousness. And he actually played better snooker. But he was a genius, you know. I, he was the reason why I want to, I picked up snooker. Well, I wanted a, a snooker table from Santa when I was only eight years of age when I saw him on Pop Black. And he was the reason why I love snooker so much. He, he, he drew me to snooker and I, I'll, uh, I'll always, uh, I always loved him and I always got on well with him. And uh, we had some good times together. 
Okay, and then uh, Flo tweeted in saying, what motivates you to keep playing on the tour? Uh, what motivates me? I keep, because uh, I, I love the game, I think. I love the competition. I mean, I don't like losing, but it's become more commonplace. Uh, it gets harder and harder as you get older. But I still I still love playing. I love competing. And, uh, and also, you know, now that they have the seniors as well, although I'm not allowed playing the seniors this year because I'm in the top 64, but... Uh, I love the idea of the seniors as well. I think it's a great, uh, I think it's a great vehicle for snooker players over the age of forty. Uh, even guys that would have played for a long time but are amateurs now, they can play in it as well. It gives them a great opportunity to play at the Crucible, you know, to play in big venues in front of the big crowds and on TV as well. So I like the idea of that, and I just love the game, you know. I guess you kind of get the best of both worlds as well at the moment because mm. you get to be the pundit, commentator yeah, yeah. plus player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I love the punditry. I, I actually like, you know, being with the guys. Are you, know? you competitive, like on in the studio? Do you want to be the best pundit? You must do. Who's the most consistent pundit? I, ju- I don't. I, I think you want to. No, I just think we all get on well. We all have our fun, and we just want to, you know, have fun together. You know what I mean? And and but you want to, you want to say, you want to say your piece. You want to give an honest assumption of the way you see the game and the way you think what he should have done or what he shouldn't have done or how well he did this or how well he didn't do it, you know, and you just want to give your honest opinion. And, like, the funny thing is, you know, Stephen Hendry has a different way, an outlook than I might do, you know. Now, we'd agree on some things, wouldn't agree on everything. You know, Steve Davis and I would have a different uh, idea on certain things and John Parrott and the same. So we all have a di- our own little idea of, of what they should and shouldn't. Generally, we're all the same, but we all have our own little ideas of what they should and shouldn't do and, and we just like to say our piece and, and give it as, as an honest opinion as possible. And do you ever try and make each other laugh just before you go on air? Yes, we try and make each other laugh. We try and make each other laugh when we're on air. Never mind just before on air, which is even better, you know. I, I was in the commentary box one time with Dennis Taylor, and this at the World Championship live. And uh, the referee was uh, Olivier Martel from Belgium, you know. So Dennis Taylor uh, is doing a little intro, and he, the referee is like, you know, cleaning the cue ball. He's putting the cue ball back. And he he puts off the red button, Dennis, and he says to me, what's the referee's name, you know? So I says, Olivier Martinez, who was an actor, and he used to go out with Kylie, you know? He was the first Olivier. So anyway, I said, Olivier Martinez, and I knew it was quite close to Martel, right? So he goes, yeah, that's the one, that's the one. So he presses the red button. Oh, yes, he goes, uh, this wonderful referee from Belgium making his debut here at the World Championship, Olivier Martinez, you know? And I cracked up laughing. <laughs> and he switched off the red button, he goes, you What's his name? <laughs> says Olivier Martel. <laughs> oh no, he goes no, no. <laughs> he was cracking up, so uh, I got him lovely. You know what I mean? So he had to come back and say, "Oh, Is sorry, got- Olivier Martel, not Martinez, who's dating Kylie at the moment." Although I'm sure he'd like to date Kylie as well. <laughs> uh, has he got you back yet? Has he? Got uh, you back? No, not yet, not yet. Oh, but he, wow. started, he does try to dig me out now and again. You know, because I've made some blunders in 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 the commentary myself. I mean, I, I, one of the famous ones uh, is. Uh, yeah, I said, we're talking about one player. He says, he's like, he's got to grab this game now. Grab the ball. He says, by the, by the scruff of the neck. I said, I said, I said, grab the ball by the horns. You've got to grab the ball by the scruff of the neck. I said, okay. He never lets me live that one down. Okay, well, now we're going to go to the quick fire questions. Okay. okay. So really quick, I'm going to throw a question at you and you've got to answer me. Okay, far away. So, first of all, whose safety game would you take? Mm, John Higgins. Potting game? Uh, Judd Trump. How many cues have you owned? One. Who's a better pundit, you or John Parrott? Oh, that's debatable. Sam. How many keepy uppies can you do with a football? A hundred. Okay. 
I don't believe that. If you could play another sport professionally, what would it be? Football. Well, you do 100 kick <laughs> When did you pass your driving test? In 1991. Favourite album? Favourite album. Oh, that's a good one. I would say The Joshua Tree. Oh, yes. Well done. Right. You are hosting a dinner party, which mm. I think you mentioned earlier. Yes, so yes, yes. Jackie. So you can invite one snooker player, past or present, someone from another sport, past or present, a musician, and an animal. Who and what? Oh, okay. If it was sport, it would have to be, it would be either Muhammad Ali or George Best. Po- po- possibly Muhammad Ali. Who else did I, who else can S- I? A, snook- a snooker player. A snooker player, Alex Higgins. Musician. Musician. Um, Bono. Animal. Animal. My dog, Truffles. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Ken Doggerty. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, uh, we'd like you to tell the, the listeners to rate and review the podcast and tell their friends. So can you do, just can you just tell the, the listeners in your best, most um, beautiful way to rate and review the podcast and tell their friends about it? Go. Okay, so listen, this is Ken Doherty here. You've got to listen to this snooker podcast. It's fantastic. Uh, please tweet about it. Please let all your friends know. If you listen to snooker, and if you watch snooker, if you love snooker, and even if you don't, but you're curious about the snooker players, then it's a must listen. Mm-hmm.